Are y'all ready to jump in the Word? I hope so. Because uh, today, as we are talking about relationships, not just relationships, but everybody say, extraordinary. <laughs> Did anybody get beat up last week besides me? <laughs> I want As we talked about, if you're new, man, go back, watch it. They're online, uh, uh, on YouTube, all of that. But uh, check it out because, man, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me as well last week as we talked about dealing with conflict and what the Scripture says about that uh, in relationships. And it, it was uh, just the Holy Spirit's at work. Amen. Because relationships are important. <laughs> the entire Bible, cover to cover, is all about relationships. Every story, every bit of it, in some way, is about relationships. Godly relationships, which is what he's moving us toward. Relationships with God, relationships with people, marriage relationships, all that kind of thing. And there are so many areas as we were kind of praying over and going, God, what, what is it that we need to be hitting uh, in this series? How many of you know when it comes to relationship, because this entire book talks about it, we could talk about it for months and months. Lots of content in the scripture about it. But one of those things that I believe in our culture, as it deals with relationships, that is in need of critical care, uh, is in the area of sex and sexuality. So are y'all ready? Now I will say this, this is going to be... Uh, a, a little PG-13, because I'm staying away from the scriptures that are R-rated. Y'all know there are those. I, I mean, it's just, a, you should read your Bible. <laughs> you really should. Uh, all, right. all right. So if you have younger kids in the room with you, now would be a great time for them to experience our amazing children's ministry. Or you can have some extraordinary conversations later, all right? So, uh, so we're going we're gonna to jump into what I believe is a big topic in the scripture. He talks so much about this area. And I will say this, when it comes to sex and sexuality... Um, if you do it God's way, it is extraordinary. Amen. When you do it God's way, it is extraordinary. And the reason so many of us are not like, whoa, that's right, is maybe we haven't been doing it God's way. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to talk about it. We are, we are going to talk about it because I also know... When you don't do it God's way, um, it really can wreck friendships, relationships, marriages. All right? It is, a, it is a critical thing for us to talk about. And I have lost uh, my, my uh, remote, so Emmy's going to have to stay with me today. Uh, all right? So let's go. Romans. All right? Let, and we've been talking about this scripture off and on. It says, like the culture around you. Don't be like the culture around you. Because it's always going to drag you down to its level of immaturity. Somebody say amen. That's right. That's right. God brings the best out of us. And I want to say this. God has the best for us. Oh, come on. He has the best for us. That's right. And he wants to develop in us well-formed maturity. Did you find it? Y'all give Chad a big thank you. I looked, I looked all over and I wasn't going to 
I wasn't going to throw any rocks because I think I'm the one that left it up here uh, last week, and I'm not supposed to do that, all right? Um, he wants to form in us some maturity, and he doesn't want us to let the culture around us drag us down. And in the area of sex and sexuality, I am, I am concerned even with myself because I hear it and I'm around it so much, I kind of get numb to the way it's dragging us down. And it's just okay. You know, it's just the way, the way it, it is. Um, and, and, and our culture has tried to tell us, especially students, you got to hear me. The culture has tried to tell us that God's way is boring. That God doesn't want you to have any fun. That's why he said don't, 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 and all of that. Um, but but I, I want you to know that's one of the lies of the enemy. It is a lie. And the truth is, people are always coming up to me going, it's never been this bad before. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you got to understand, um, what we are in right now has been happening since Jesus was here. It's the truth. All right? And we can look at history, and about every 50 years... As a culture, we tried to redefine sex and sexuality. Look at history. About every 50 years, we think we got it figured out, and we, uh, and we tried to redefine what it is. So this is not a new thing. But I do believe that my generation needs to apologize because we have not. My generation and the one right before me we have not, as a church, handled this topic very well. Um, growing up, um, <laughs> it was, well, and, and really, the, let me finish that thought. We've been on one side or the other. Either the church is screaming and yelling, if you, if you do this, if you do this, you're going to hell. <laughs> or, on the opposite side of that, we say nothing, and we're just silent. We're not going to talk about that, you know? And, and I'm just going to tell you, I believe that I need to apologize because both of those are not God's heart. They're not. Um, and, and, and growing up in the church I grew up in, um, sex was very rarely talked about, and when it was talked about, it was... Sex is dirty, it's evil, and save it for marriage. <laughs> and that's a little confusing. It's ugly and dirty and evil, and so save it for the one you love for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, that's not right. That's not right at all um, but it's kind of the way so here's the thing I want to say this right up front today I am I am not giving you my opinion I'll tell you if it's my opinion y'all know that I'm real careful about going okay this is what I think um, today I'm going to speak truth from the scripture but you got to hear me nobody in this place is throwing any rocks okay Nobody's throwing any rocks at anybody because all of us are moving from sin and brokenness to healing in Jesus. Amen. We're all on this journey together. I had somebody not long ago say, because of some things that they're involved in, they said, if I come to your church, are you going to try to change me? And my answer was, no, I'm not going to change you. But I promise if you come here, the Spirit of God will try to change you. Because we are all have areas of darkness that we are moving and walking, the Scripture says, into light. Are y'all hearing me? 
So there ain't nobody in here got room to throw rocks at anybody. Are y'all hearing me? All right. So today this is a no shame, no condemnation kind of day. Amen? That's right. Because we've all missed the mark. That is the gospel of Jesus. We all missed it. We all screwed up in some way. <laughs> Jesus came. He died on a cross, rose from the dead to bring us back and restore us to Jesus. Come on. To make us new, to change us from the inside out, <laughs> and to give us the Holy Spirit so we could live it out on a daily basis. Amen. Is that not the gospel? That is the gospel. So, are y'all ready yes. for some truth of the scripture? All right, let's go. Yes, Romans chapter 1. They, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God. Uh, that word worship is, is the, the word, it's not just singing in church. Yeah, the, the, the word there literally is a worship, is a submitting or a bowing down to, literally throwing your hands in surrender, going, your way is right, not mine. Are y'all hearing me? That's worship. That's why we raise our hands here in worship. It is a surrendering going, God, your way is right, not mine. Are y'all hearing me? All right. So he said they would not surrender. They would not worship him as God, nor did they give him thanks. So because of that, they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused and there is a lot of darkness and a lot of confusion and a lot of pain when we talk about sex and sexuality all right then it goes on claiming to be wise they instead became everybody say utter fools they 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 claim to be wise and instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people, look like birds and animals and reptiles. And God abandoned them. In one translation said, gave them over. In other words, you want it? Here you go. You want it your way? How many of you know he will let you be your own God? <laughs> Make your own decisions. He said, well, I'm just going to let you do that. And let them do whatever shameful things their heart desired. And as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a And we're going to talk about a few lies in just a, a minute. So they worshiped and served the things God created. They worshiped and served the things God created. They worshiped and served bodies, images, twisted identities, instead of the creator himself. Are y'all hearing me? Uh, all right. Who is worthy of eternal praise? And everybody said amen. Hmm. They traded the truth for a lie. The truth is, I'm just going to lay it out, and then we're going to talk about a few lies. The truth is, God created you. And he didn't make any mistakes. And it took me a long time to figure that out. God created your body. God created your body. 
God created your body. God created your body. <laughs> All right? God created you. He created your body. God created sex. God created sex. <laughs> uh, we're like, can we say that in church? Hey, he talked a lot about it. And it makes me so mad. Because even in the church, sometimes we feel like sex was created by the devil. And that is a lie. God created it. And he made this thing good. Amen. He never made anything he made anything less than good. Right. Are y'all hearing me? All things. All things. It's good. It's beautiful. And the Bible is very clear about it. And the Bible is actually very explicit. Right. I, I did a series uh, years ago. It's probably still floating around where we walked through the Song of Solomon. <laughs> yeah, you don't think, I, read your Bible, all right, just read your Bible, I mean, it's not boring, that's for sure, all right, in Proverbs, Proverbs 5, it actually says, may you enjoy the wife of your youth, may her breast satisfy you always, and may you always be captivated by her. May you always enjoy the wife of your youth. May her breast satisfy you always. And that you would always be captivated by her. That word captivated in the Hebrew, I'm pretty sure, is boom chicka wow wow or something. <laughs> <laughs> It was way too heavy. Y'all are like, <laughs> you just learned the Hebrew word. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, no, the word, the word captivated actually in the Hebrew actually means intoxicated. Intoxicated. That's the same as boom chicka wow wow, I'm sure. You know? I, I mean, <laughs> intoxicated. May you always, the wife of your youth, the husband of your youth, may you always be intoxicated by them. That, that's anything but boring. Amen. That's the way God designed it to be. That this thing would be, according to the scripture, it could be amazing when it's a man and a woman who's made a covenant with God inside of marriage. It's extraordinary. Amen. It's not ordinary. Hmm. And some would say, yeah, but... What if someone has a different disposition? What if someone is like born with different attractions or different urges? I want to. I want to say that. I want to say this. Um, I would argue with that because the truth is, so are you. So was I. You're like, what? Yeah. Everyone in this room was born with urges, attractions to things that were not God's way. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. I was born with the predisposition to lie and to cheat. To take things that were not 
mine. Come on. Y'all don't be, don't be churchy on me. Right? I was born with the predisposition to lust and covet my neighbor's old cars. Are y'all hearing me? Right? So the argument then that you were born with a different predisposition, I would venture to say there's not a person in the room that did not have the predisposition or the urge to do sex outside of God's way. We saw her and went, wow, I want that. (laughs) am Am I making sense? So that argument really doesn't hold any water. Because we were all born with predispositions that do not line up with what God says. That's why we need a Savior. Right? That's why we need a Savior. Because our flesh and our minds left to itself outside of God's Spirit working in us will always work against God's way. Always. That's why we're not throwing any rocks. All right? It's just true. But 1 Thessalonians says this. It is God's will. Everybody say God's will. That you should be sanctified, changed. Look at somebody and say he wants to change you. Even if you don't like it. All right? He wants to change you. He does. He does, to make you look more like Jesus, to be sanctified, that you should, and here's what I want you to do, here's how I'm going to help sanctify you, make you look more like Jesus, change you, is, is the first, you really need to avoid sexual immorality. That word there is actually the word pornea. It's, it's the word where we get the word pornography but, but sexual immorality in pornea, that word literally means any type of sexual deviant thing, all right? And it's deviant whether you like it or not. If it is outside of a man and a woman inside the covenant of marriage with God, okay? It is a distortion of the truth. That's what it is. It's just a distortion. Um, so he, he's saying, he's saying that that we need to avoid sexual immorality. Let's go on. That each of you should learn to control, learn to learn to that means it's not normal. We gotta Everybody say, learn to. He's changing us. He's sanctifying us. He he, he said, "I I want you to learn to control your body in a way that is holy and what? Honorable. Not in passionate lust like the pagans or like those that don't know me. And then he goes on. He says, for God did not call us to be impure. But to live a what? Holy life. Hmm. A holy life. So write this down. I hope you got your notes. Write this down. We should learn to control our bodies. And we live in a culture that says you don't need to control your bodies. You know? You don't need to. Just do, I hate this phrase, you do you. You just do whatever is your truth, whatever is your right, just, just do that, you know? You are in control of your own body. And he says, yes, so control it. Co- control it. it. It's Because the truth is, look around. 
You doing you is not working. It doesn't work. It may for a short season, but it's not going to work. It creates so much brokenness. Sex and sexuality done wrong, out of God's way, it hurts people. Amen. It does in a big, big way. So we're going to look at a couple of lies. Are y'all still with me? Yes. All right. We're going to look at a couple of lies that are cultural lies, and I hope you'll write these down. All right. Uh, the first lie we're going to talk about a little bit is that sex is an animalistic act. That we are just animals. Now that's being taught. It's being taught in your schools to your eighth graders. Okay. That's where it starts. That sex is just a animalistic act that, that you can't control your urges. You can't control your feelings. I mean, let's face it. We actually call the talk the birds and the bees. You're just animals. You're just animals, and when the urge hits, every animal, every species, when the urge hits, they have no control. They just have to go mate. They have to. You have no choice. <laughs> no choice. And, and that's what we're being taught. Um, we got any hunters in the room? Come on, hunters, go, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, any, any deer hunter knows that, that that trophy buck, like the big ones, they got to be big, really wide, spread, huge horns. They got to be old because they're smart and incredibly cautious. You know, you can watch it. I used to bow hunt. Uh, and, uh, and the only reason I don't now, I love bow hunting. Uh, the only reason I don't now is I had to pick between old cars or bows and old cars won. So, um, so, so I, uh, I, I, I loved, but you watch and the, the, the babies, the yearlings, especially if they still have spots, Man, they just run out in the field and dance around and prance around. You know, it's like no big deal. And, and every once in a while, a doe, you know, she'll, she'll come out. Maybe her kid's over there being dumb, you know, and, he, and, and, and the, the doe will come out from protection and, you know, and kind of mess around a little bit. And, but the buck, the big bucks, they'll, they'll stand at the edge of the field. And they'll watch. They can see your eyes blink. They can hear you breathe. And they'll look. And they're cautious. And even when they're hungry, they, they get a bite and then come right back up. They're watching. Cautious. Smart. Elusive. Like, man. So smart until until the rut and when the rut hits he smells her and loses his freaking mind I mean literally loses his mind all caution gone all wisdom gone I mean, he is head to the ground. Where is she? Where is she? Got to find her. Where's she at? Where's she at? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find her. He, he will run over trees to try to get to her. Got to find her. Got to find her. I don't care what. I'm going to find her. And boom, trophy on your wall. <laughs> Here's the truth. Whether you like it or not, if you believe the lie that you are an animal that cannot control your urges, you will wind up as a trophy on the enemy's wall. It will happen. 
It just will. And then another lie is this, that sex is just innocent fun. It's just innocent fun. We're just fooling around. It, it, it's just recreational sex. It doesn't really mean anything. We're just hooking up. The problem, the problem is the one that created you created you for it to be much more than that. And, and because he created for it to be much more than that, it is physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual. Just dig it out. I wish I had time to dig into that. But sex, the very act of sex, it, it is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It is never just innocent fun. And, and according to the scripture, we're going to read in just a minute, that, that it bonds you together. And there are so many of us in this room that still have wounds and scars where that bonding was torn away because it bonded. It, it bonded. And the more you bond in that way outside of marriage, outside of God's blessing, it literally creates a numbing in you. And literally those scars don't have the feelings that they used to. And, and, and because the scars don't have the feelings that, they, that it used to, so often it's stealing and destroying what God designed and wants you to have in marriage. It just is never just innocent fun. It literally can steal the beauty of it. All right, and then the next one, the next lie is that sex is an isolated event. That it's just an isolated event. That, that we as guys, we kind of compartmentalize things. And we just kind of put it in that box over there and go, well, that was that. And, and it's not going to affect anything else. It's kind of the idea of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. The truth is it doesn't stay there. It follows you home. It, it's not and never will be an isolated event. And then the one... I'm going to talk about a little bit more, maybe, but the lie. Now, just hang on, because we got hope, and it's going to be good, all right? But a lie that has become such a big thing uh, in our culture today, and, and write that down, that sex is who I am. That, that sex is who I am. Um, we, we live in a culture that we define ourselves by our sexuality. And can I just say this graciously? You are not your sexuality. That's not who you are. That may be what you choose to do, but it's not who you are. I want to say that again. Your sexuality does not identify who you are. It's not who you are. It may be what you do. But we today have this whole endless list of straight and gay and homosexual and heterosexual and binary and non-binary and the list goes on and on and on and I just want to say this uh, about this you should never label yourself by what you do in all areas of life especially in sexuality <laughs> when someone asks who I am who I am is not a pastor that's what God's called me to do are y'all hearing me? Who I am is the son of Roy Rao. That's who I am. Who I am is the son of the Most High God. Amen. That's my identity. That's who I am. And how many in the room are glad <laughs> that they didn't label you by what you did? 
Come on, right? Because if I got labeled by what I did, hello, I'm Victor Al and I'm an idiot. Come on. I, I, I mean, I've done some really dumb things. That I'm glad that's not who I am. That just is what I did. Amen. It's what I did, but it does not give me my identity. Amen. My identity. And here's really where we're going to land today that I think is so, so true. That as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you cannot say, my sexuality is. Amen. Let me say this again. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have surrendered your life to him, you cannot say, my sexuality and here's why. Because I am not my own. Amen. I am not my own. I am not. I have been bought with a price. Amen. And it cost Jesus his life. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? I belong to God. And God gave me Susan inside the covenant as is described in the scripture between a man and a woman, God gave me her, so I belong to her in the covenant with the one that owns me. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? I know this isn't popular, but it's true, okay? So, I am not homosexual, I'm not even heterosexual, I am Susan-sexual. And that's why she's not here today, because she knew <laughs> she knew I was going to say that. All right. <laughs> no. Do y'all are you hearing me? I don't get to choose because my body is not my own. And guys, let me speak to this for a little bit. I don't get to choose what type of sexual immorality I'm involved in. Even if it's on my phone. Guess what? My body's not mine. I don't have the right. Try this. Next time you want to get on and look at pornea... <laughs> Go to your wife and say, would you find me some really good stuff? Because my body's yours. Matter of fact, it actually says in the scripture in Corinthians, it actually says that, that my wife has authority over my body. I know that's not popular. I don't get to choose because my body's not mine. Amen. Come on. It's not mine. I have chosen to give it to God. Amen. To trade my junk for his righteousness. Hallelujah. And that's a great trade. <laughs> you know? So I don't get to pick my sexuality. Amen. He defines it. Right. He defines it not not me and his way is so much better it's so much better and I know there's some in this room right now you're saying that old man don't know what he's talking about he's crazy he's so old school because don't you know that you belong to you hmm that I can do whatever I want to with my body, it's mine. And can I say this as graciously as I know how, if that's truly the way you think, 
then you've not surrendered yourself to him. And if that's truly the way you think, the bottom line is you are still your own God. He's not your God. You're still your own God because you're still calling the shots for you. All right? And, and I'm going to tell you, <laughs> there's 6,000 years worth of written history that says when people try to be their own God and do it their own way, it just never works out. Just not going to be that great. It's just not. My body belongs to God. My sexuality belongs to my wife. (laughs) I don't get to call those shots. You know, Paul was writing 1 Corinthians. He actually was writing to a church that is now in modern day Turkey. And in that culture, um, he. He was writing to people that had become believers in Jesus. They were following Jesus. All right? They were Christians. Um, But they had been raised in a culture that was oversexed. Like, when I say oversexed, like, they would go to the temple to worship God, and part of their worship was to have sex with prostitutes in the temple during worship. Okay? So... He knows what he's talking about, all right? All right? So that was part of it. They had, they had gods, sexual gods of Diana and Venus and all that, all that kind of stuff. And, and they, were, they were worshiping in that way. Um, and, and I want you to see this, that in 1 Corinthians, Paul is addressing that culture, Christians in that culture, and look, what he says. He said, Did you do you not know? And they would be like, No, we didn't know. We honestly didn't know. Our culture says something different. Do you not know that your bodies are members of everybody say Christ Himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Never. Do you not know? That he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her. For it is said the two will become one. It's referenced back in Genesis. But whoever is united, and that word literally means fused together at the deepest level. Fused together at the deepest level. That whoever is united with The Lord is one with him. Is one with him. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, don't go fusing yourself together at the deepest level with anybody but your husband and your wife. All right, because your body is not your own. It is going to get fused together at the deepest level. It's so interesting. Psychologists, neurologists are, are understanding that at that moment, in the act of sex, there is, a, is chemicals that are released in the brain, more so for guys, but it happens in both men and women, That at that, I'll just say it, at that climax in sex, chemicals are released in our brain that literally burns that moment in our brain and in our psyche and in our emotions. It burns it in there. And God made it that way. So that we would forever be intoxicated with the wife of our youth. Are y'all hearing me? But when that happens outside, it steals from what God designed. It does. It messes it up. It really, really does. And then he goes on to say this. Flee, run, Forrest, run, all right? Flee from sexual immorality. 
<laughs> you on a date? Man, I, I'm going to tell you, Susan and I dated for three and a half years. I don't recommend that to anybody. There were so many times, she's beautiful, and I want her. And I would literally get out of the truck and just go run. Just run, run. Because <laughs> if I stay here, <laughs> it's not, yeah, all right? So, so flee. Everybody say, run. <laughs> because here's why this is so important. All, all these other sins a person commits are, are outside the body. They may be sins to somebody else or against somebody else, but... but Whenever you sin sexually, that sin literally is harming you. It's harming your body. Chemically, it's harming you. All right? Do you, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God, you are not your what? What did it say? Your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, everybody say this honor God with your what? Write that down. Honor God with your bodies. Honor God. That's the point of the whole day. Honor God with your bodies. Now, here, I, I'm going to spend the last few minutes. And I want to say this. I know I've tried to keep it light. I've tried to keep it funny a little bit. Um, but I know there are some in the room that I get it. This is not funny. Um, I, I know that for some it's hard to hear. Because it brings up some pain. It may bring up some shame. And, and I want you to hear me. I want you to hear my heart. God has the ability and desires to make all things new. Amen. That's what he wants. He doesn't want you to live in shame or in pain. Lamentations, Jeremiah, he said this. He said, all I can think about is my past. All I can think about is my bitterness and my gall, all that's happened to me. But I love it. It's, he says this, but I said to myself. How many of you know sometimes we've got to preach to ourselves? He said, I said to myself, I'm going to choose to remember the mercies of God. Because they're new every morning. And then he says, great is your faithfulness. God heals. God makes new. The scripture says he'll actually cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not just sexual sins, but all unrighteousness. And I believe and have experienced in my own life that he will, if we will let him, he will restore what the enemy has stolen Amen. in the area of sex and sexuality. I will even take it a step further. I am confident that he can restore your mind, Amen. that he can restore and bring back healing where there is hurt. But I also believe, and I want to say this to anybody that's not married yet. For sure. And this may apply to some of those that are. That I am convinced that God, if you will let him do the work, can restore even your virginity. I believe it. All things. And all things literally are all things. Everything. If you've messed up, if you've done it wrong... He wants to make it new. He does. So what do you do with a message like this? I'm going to give you three options. And I, I'm going to ask Susan, I think, is going to come up. 
You have three options with this message, and I just want to walk you through these of how to process some of what we've talked about today. Your first option is you can be defensive. I know this is hard. I, I hope you hear my heart, though. You can be defensive and say, I don't like what he said. I think he's wrong. And if that's you, look at me. Please look at me. I want you to hear me. Even if you think I'm crazy and that I'm wrong, I love you. I love you. And I will be here when you go do it your way. I'll be here to help you pick up the broken pieces. I will. And I'll never throw rocks. I'll never say, I told you. I'll be here. When it doesn't work out the way you think it should. I'll be here when you figure out that God's way really was the right way. I'm going to love you. And I'll even take it a step further. This church will still be here. And there ain't nobody here going to throw rocks and say, I told you. We just going to help you pick up the pieces. Because we love you. We do. You don't have to agree with me. But when you find out that the scripture, not that Victor was right, but that the scripture was right. We want to leave the door open. We don't want to burn any bridges because we want you to know you are welcome. You're welcome. Because here's what I know you're going to find is that God's way isn't just right. It's better. It's better. I'm going to tell you. It was a fight against my flesh for three and a half years. And we didn't always do everything right. But when I looked at my bride on my wedding day, as a 22-year-old guy that had had every opportunity, I looked at her and we looked at each other as virgins. And 36 years later, it's extraordinary. So take it from an old guy. If you'll do it his way, there ain't nothing better. Amen. Nothing. Because his way is not just right, it's better. And then the second thing that you can do with this message is you can be remorseful. And you can say, you're right. I've messed it up. I've done a lot of things wrong. I... I, I know. You say, you know what? I have so much shame, so much regret about this part of my life. And if that's you, I want you to hear me. Shame is a tool of the devil himself. My God will never shame you. He'll never go shame, shame. He will not. Matter of fact, Romans 8 says, Therefore, there is now no, everybody say no, no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Him, if you've surrendered to Him, there is no condemnation. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus will never, ever, ever go, really? You screwed up again? What's the matter with you? He'll never go shame, shame, look at you. And the reason I know that 
is it actually says in Hebrews chapter 4 that, that in every way that I have ever been tempted, he was tempted. Now let me get raw and real, and we don't like to talk about this in church, but in every possible scenario of sexual immorality that you can think of and those that you cannot think of, Jesus himself was tempted in that way. You mean he was tempted with homosexuality? Yes. He was tempted. If he was not tempted by those things you're tempted by, he could not have taken it to the cross and overcome it. Come on, y'all. He was tempted. He was tempted with the women around him. He was tempted to fantasize. Jesus was tempted in every way, yet without sin. So he goes, I understand. But my way's better. There's freedom there. Because the truth is, condemnation says you're wrong and there's no way out. That's what the enemy wants to tell you. You're wrong and there's no way out. But conviction of God says you're wrong. <laughs> but here's a way out. I'm here for you. Take my hand. Take my hand. Hmm. And the third response that we can have, I mean, we can be defensive, we can be remorseful, but here's what I hope we are. All of us in the room, we all have struggles in different areas, but I can repent. I, I can repent, and repentance is literally, I've been choosing to do it my way, <laughs> and you know what, God, your way is better, and I turn around. And I'm pursuing your way. That's repentance. That's, I, I, I've been doing it my way. I've been trying to be my own God, my own body, my own thing. And you know what? Nope, no, God, you, you are my Savior. You're the only one that's ever died for me to give me life. And I repent. I choose to turn to you. To surrender to you. So these are your possibilities. I want to give you just a moment. I know we're almost out of time. But I'm going to give you a moment and then I'm going to read one final scripture just to encourage you. But take about 30 seconds of quiet. And what are you going to do? Are you going to be defensive? That's fine. I'll still be here. Are you just going to be remorseful? The scripture talks about that. You go, man, I really screwed that. I'm sorry. And then we just go do our own thing again. And nothing really changes. Or are we going to repent and say, God, I want what's best for me. And your way is what's best. I know this message is not culturally progressive. And I, and, I, and I understand that. But I want to leave you with this final challenge. And if you have issue with the message, talk to God before you ever come talk to me. I did my best to stay out of my opinion. So if there's issue, go, go to him before you come to me. And here's the challenge. I love this in Jeremiah. It says, this is what the Lord says. When, when I'm standing at the crossroads, he says, look. Everybody say, look. Look. When you're standing there and you've got decisions to make, you look, look, look at the crossroads, look at it, ask, where, where's the old school way of doing it? 
Where, where's the ancient paths? Which way is that? Ask, because that's where the good way is. And then, just turn and walk that way. And here's his promise. And this is my prayer for you as I close. Is that you will find rest for your souls. Because the way our culture's doing it, there's no rest for your soul. So Holy Spirit, my prayer is that we would look for your way, the ancient path that is good. And that when we would walk in that way, that we would have rest, that we would have peace, that we would have joy. Thank you.